How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Drew Estate Cigar Studios for episode 125 of How About That Cigar Live. Thank you so much for joining us live on Facebook, live on YouTube. And for those of you listening after the fact on the audio podcast, thank you so much for listening to How About That Cigar when you drive down the road, when you work out, whatever it is you do when you listen to your favorite audio podcast. Thank you so much for joining us live from the Drew Estate Cigar Studios. And once again, let's remind everybody about the beautiful new 25-count packaging for Drew Estate Liga Pravada Unico Series Papas Fritas. Since the launch of Papas Fritas in 2012, the Vitola quickly became one of the most beloved and popular offerings in the Liga Pravada Unico Series line. The small, handy size made the cigar an excellent choice for cigar lovers who only have a short time to enjoy a rich and savory Liga Pravada. While the packaging will be changing to consumer-friendly 25-count boxes, the uniquely constructed cigars in each box will remain the same Papas Fritas the marketplace has come to love. For more info, please visit DrewEstate.com. So, episode 125, Monday night, our favorite night of the week. Garrett is remote. Garrett, tell, Garrett, tell us where you're broadcasting from. I am in Detroit and um, at this cool little club called Ambassador. It's uh, it's outside of Detroit and Troy, and yeah, beautiful club, man. Nice. So and it's yeah, it looks like you know very cool wood shelves and stuff behind you. It looks like a posh place. I dig it's it. Pretty, yeah, it's pretty classy though. Um, it, the people out here are fantastic. As you come, you know. As we always say, cigar people are the best people, and we've uh, been to several shops um, today and over the next several days really looking forward to it. Nice. So, uh, like we always talk about a little bit, we can we can kind of move past Minnesota Twins talk as much as we love our Twins. The season's pretty much done for. They're, you know, there's there's just a few games left. They're 18 or 19 games back. Not a shot, but, you know. Uh, they, they tried and they failed. Um, the NFL season is underway. Oh, Um, was it? And it's underwhelming for, so Garrett's Garrett, everybody knows Garrett's team, the Vikings, they actually had a great, what almost amounted to a great come. Well, they did come back and tie it up. They came back and tied it up. They were looking pretty rough in the beginning of that game. We have a kicker. You have have a kicker. I know. And you came back and tied, and your punter is actually he 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 pinned the ball inside Dude. the ten a couple times. He's, he's absolutely. A good uh, but then the Bengals came back in overtime, and in the lit, I thought it was going to end in a tie, and then literally the last you know seconds of overtime, they get in field goal range and uh, they beat the Vikings. Now my Green Bay Packers, on the other hand, were straight up disgusting. It was awful. It, I don't know if anybody out there watched, but that was one of the worst performances by the Green Bay Packers I've seen since, like, s- since the, the b- before Don Mikowski. If anybody remembers Don Mikowski, we're talking like 1980s Green Bay Packers. It was terrible. So I'm hoping that it's a that it's a shot in the arm and a reality check for Aaron Rodgers and for Matt LaFleur and for the other members who just seem to be completely asleep. Well, I think, you know, uh, the post-conference on, you know, the Packers, LaFleur, he took responsibility like a head coach should. 
and he said, I didn't get my guys ready. Yeah. Um, and so I like that approach. I hope, you know, it, though I'm a Vikings fan, we, you know, Matt and I have fun ribbiting each other, but at the end of the day, I want the Packers to do well. You know, it, it makes my team do better, you know, and fight for it in, in the division. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty gross, man. The sad part is with the NFC North, the Vikings are in first place surely <laughs> yeah. because of point differential. That's how bad the NFC North started out this this uh, week. One. One. All of so it's it's just gross. Uh, so speaking of sports, quickly, I want to give a plug. There's a great event here in Minnesota. It's coming up in a couple days on Wednesday the fifteenth, and it is. I'm going to put it up on the screen here. It's called Cigars and Baseball. And it's a great event with a lot of cigar companies featuring uh, featuring cigars. There's there's restaurants and food trucks. Um, there's there's uh, distilleries and breweries, and uh, it all takes place uh, right in St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, this Wednesday. There are still tickets available. All of the all of the VIP tickets are spoken for, but there are there are uh, regular entry tickets still available. So please go to cigarsbaseball.com. That's all one word, cigarsbaseball.com. And all of the proceeds for cigars and baseball benefit a group called Miracle League, which is uh, it's a it's a great group that actually gives opportunities for disabled children to have a chance to play baseball in these miracle leagues, you know, kids who otherwise, you know, have disabilities that would, that would keep them out of, uh, you know, so-called standards, little league, uh, teams, these children have an opportunity through miracle league to get together and play baseball. Uh, and, and it's, it's a great group and, and we want to support them however we can. So cigarsbaseball.com. Uh, and check that out. And I also have one more quick plug before we bring on our fantastic special guest of the evening. So you guys have been asking for it for a while. You've been asking for HBTC swag. You've been asking for T-shirts. You've been asking for coffee mugs, tumblers, all kinds of stuff like that. So uh, Garrett isn't here tonight, so I was going to give him this tonight, but he, you know, he missed out. So you see this T-shirt here. You might, you guys might recognize this catchphrase. This is the catchphrase that we live by here at How About That Cigar. We end every show with this. This is our mantra: "Burn cigars, not bridges." So we have these new T-shirts available on our own HBT store, and it's got the How About That Cigar logo on the back of the shirt. And we also have hoodies. We have tanks. We have coffee mugs. Uh, we have drink tumblers. All kinds of stuff. So if you guys go to uh, how about that cigar.com slash HBT dash store. And I'm going to put that in the comments so you guys can find that you guys will be able to pick up some cool stuff and support. How about that cigar? And just uh, be a part of uh, this wonderful cigar community that we love so much. So go check that out when you have a moment. Thanks so much. And let's bring on our special guest of the evening. Uh, we are so excited to have him on the show. And uh, he is somebody who has been uh, a fixture in the cigar community for decades and has some great brands and some great cigars on the market. And guys, every night that we have a guest uh, that we have guests on, how about that cigar live? 
you know that they are brought to you by Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Borshowitz believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info on all of that, please visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you would please, without further ado, put your hands together and welcome to episode 125 of How About That Cigar Live, Nick Perdomo. Woo! Oh, I think we got you muted. He is muted. Can you unmute your mic for us, Nick? I don't think we can hear you. I should play the intermission Let's music. See. For... You guys hear me now? There, there we go. go. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. It's uh it's an honor to be here. I'm a big fan of the show and I'm I'm glad to be on the 125th. So thanks for having me. Oh yeah, we're we're grateful to have you on. It's uh it's been uh it's been a, a crazy year, but a, a great year, honestly, for the cigar industry, you know, and the world really as things start to finally we start to see some some loosening of of being able to go out there and be with friends and family again. And it was great to finally meet you at the at the the PCA trade show uh, a couple months back. So uh, as the show closed up and, you know, everything kind of uh, you, you got home and, and kind of got out of show mode and you started looking at everything. How was the this year's PCA trade show for you guys? It was a great show, regardless of how many people showed up. It was great. You know, people really support us and uh, we're very thankful for that. We're very blessed. And uh, it was a phenomenal show. The numbers were great. Uh, people, of course, spent a lot more money and uh, nothing was good about COVID except the cigar industry. More people smoke cigars and uh, and the residual in business has been phenomenal. We got to thank all your audience out there for supporting our family. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it it really has been a, a good year for for the cigar business because it's, people really are. There's a lot more time at home, a lot more time away from maybe uh, non cigar loving friends and family. So more time for us to smoke. And honestly, I've heard from so many shop owners and brands alike, like yourself, that we're seeing new cigar smokers come into the fold too. People who've never tried premium cigars before. So that's a good thing. That's a phenomenal thing. We're seeing even more women in, in the, getting involved in smoking cigars. And people really want to be celebratory and enjoy. You know, in these times where things were down, we're blessed to have Rick DeSantis uh, as, as our governor, who's done a phenomenal job. You know, we really never closed here in Florida. And thank God a lot of a lot of the country did. And I, we never really stopped, uh, you know, outside of some of our salesmen up in the Northeast and so on. And uh it was, it's been really an incredible, you know, 2020 and it's been an incredible 2019. And like I said earlier, you know, uh, Matt, it's, it's, it's just been an incredible year for us and it continues growing. So we're really thankful. Awesome. So Nick, uh, tell us what you're, what you fired up tonight to smoke with us on the show. 
I'm smoking a cigar that's one cigar of the year twice with two uh, industry leaders that I really have respect for. One is the Cigar Authority that David Garofalo runs up in New Hampshire, and he really, his, him and his team do really do a thorough tasting, which I really have a lot of respect for. And also in tobacco business daily, and I'm smoking the Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Maduro. And uh, I know I'm going to enjoy this cigar so, so much that I actually brought a Churchill of the 10th Anniversary Sun Grown to smoke with you guys. So uh, I'm excited to, to, to be here and be able to smoke with all you guys. Oh, that's awesome. Garrett, what did you fire up? Well, Nick, I shared this story with you at the trade show, but this champagne was the very first box of cigars that I ever purchased. And um, I was a 19-year-old kid, didn't know a whole lot, but the shop said, you know, and uh, for for you young guys, this was back in the late 1900s. So um, <laughs> I thought it was last year, Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> they said this champagne is uh, is the hot ticket, and um, and uh, it was the first box purchase I ever made. And um, so, as an homage to that, uh, smoking the champagne for starters, and then I've got a, a habano uh, to follow up with. Well, nice. Thank you, Garrett. You know, someone asked me just recently, how good this is, is a champagne? We've had the brand now for two decades. I always preface by saying it, it put both my kids through college. So that tells you what a big seller it is for us. So uh, thanks yeah. for smoking that. And one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite cigars. Yes, it is. He just, smokes just the, uh, the, the, the Corona. You're absolutely right. If you're a Green Bay Packer fan, uh, I was just talking to a retailer in Green Bay, and he said that Aaron Rodgers only smokes Perdomo Reserve Champagne. So if you're a Green Bay Packer fan and, a, and an Aaron Rodgers fan, even if he didn't have a good game yesterday, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks ever played. He's really a nice guy and a cigar lover. you got to love him regardless if you like the team or not. Yeah. Anybody who's a brother of the Leaf, we got to support him. And um, Aaron's been very good to our company, and he's a, he's a big Perdomo smoker, and I'm, I'm very appreciative of that. Yeah. And I fired up uh, to start. I've got the ESV uh, Connecticut. And this is, uh, lately, this has been one of my go-tos, really, for the last few months. I've been smoking a fair amount of those lately in the last couple months. Uh, yeah, and phenomenal cigar, uh, Matt. You know, that utilizes the top 3% of our crop, and hence why the name of state election bids. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, and it's going really nicely with... Uh, just a little touch of Four Roses uh, single barrel. So nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong so, with that. So, um, Nick, one of the things that we love to do when we have people like yourself on the show is we love to get into history a little bit, you know, your history in the business and things like that. But we also try to do as much research as we can to, you know, find little tidbits and things like that. So, um, I started looking back at, at your history in the cigar business, and um, I didn't realize that you started actually uh, in summer of 92, you launched Nick's Cigar Company. And shortly after that, interestingly enough, you know, this brand new magazine comes out of nowhere. This brand new magazine, you know, published by Marvin Shankin called Cigar Aficionado. And at the time, nobody really realized what that was going to turn into. And, and the fact that that Cigar Aficionado was going to be sort of this catalyst, you know, of this big boom in the early and mid 90s. 
did you did you happen to have any inside info about th this magazine coming out before you see you because in 92 to start a cigar company was a super high risk venture maybe 94 and 95 not so high a risk but 92 you were taking a big risk with that so did you know cigar aficionado was right around the corner or did was that just a happy uh a happy coincidence for you I'll be honest with you, it was happy coincidence. It's a great magazine. I had no idea. You know, my my family, as a lot of people know, we're in the cigar industry in Cuba. And I actually started out in my garage in 1992. And I'll never forget, my father said, you live in the greatest country in the world. You can work anything. You can uh, you can take anything you want. I had just got married to my beautiful wife, Janine, in, in 92. And uh, I was an air traffic controller after I served five years in the United States Navy. And I wanted to get in the cigar industry and my father said, oh, Clinton's president. He's taxing and regulating anything to death. It's going to be a, you're moronic. You got a great job. Don't get in the cigar industry. Even though I did it, don't, I did it in Cuba. Don't, don't do it. And, um, I remember calling my dad two years later, starting out of a garage. My first year I made 9,460 cigars out of my garage, made about 40 cents a piece. And I called my dad in the latter part of 94 and I said, dad, I, I, you told me I live in the greatest country in the world and I can tell you anything I want. Well, uh, I just want to let you know I sold a million cigars and I got a factory in Ybor City above the Ybor City Brewing Company. And I have a facility in, in off Flagler Street and 71st Avenue. And my father, with his typical uh, wisdom and humor, said, well, maybe you're not so much of a moron. And uh, <laughs> we kept, we, you know, we kept moving from there. And, and that was great. And I was blessed. My father... <clears throat> came on workforce in the latter part of 94 and we moved to Nicaragua uh, in 90 the latter part of 94 almost in 95 and uh, it's been a great ride and we're going to celebrate our 30th anniversary and I'm, I'm just so happy to be on your show it's great because you guys remind me a lot of, of of me you know when I first started <clears throat> and um I had a lot of great intel on on your on your on your on your show and uh Eric and, and a lot of the guys that do podcasts said, you got to meet these guys from Minnesota. These are great. And I, you know, you said something earlier, which is really true. You, you know, Garrett said, you really don't mean many bad cigar smokers. And uh, one of the great parts of my job is not only that I love what I do, but not only do I love our, our consumers, but I love cigar smokers in general. They're, they're just great to be able to deal with and, and be able to hang out. So this is really an honor for me to be here. So again, thank you for having me. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely our pleasure. So, um, Garrett, this is kind of for you. So kind of going beyond the, you know, that first full that, and, and it's special for any cigar smoker. I think if somebody really gets into the culture, when you, when you go beyond just buying a handful of singles at a, as, at a brick and mortar, when you buy that first full box, there's, mm -hmm. there is something special about that first full box. Yeah. And how long did it take you to get through that box of champagne, uh, that, that box of champagne Connecticut's? So what I did, um, along with the box, um, the, the owner of the shop at the time gave me a deal on a cigar jar, which was a, a popular humidor at the time. It was basically a pasta jar that you repurpose as a yeah. humidor. I used to have one of those too. I used to have one of those too. And so I stuck all 20 and 20 of those cigars fit into this, you know, cigar jar that I had. And I remember, um, you know, one of my favorite things to do was after work and I would go and walk down Summit Avenue. It's a, a beautiful 
Parkway in St. Paul smoking a cigar. And I want to say it took me two to three weeks to get through that box. Um, and the, you know, the Perdomos always continue to make it back into that jar, but yeah. Yeah, two to two to three weeks okay. to, to get through that first box. That's pretty good. That's uh, these days the average would be a lot faster. I oh, think. Yeah. <laughs> with, uh, you know, with being working from home and all that stuff. Um, Nick, one of the things that, you, cause you mentioned your dad already, and I know he was a big, uh, source of inspiration and, and he was also, you know, big on encouraging you and, uh, you know, giving you direction early on, but there were also some other people who were already industry, well-known industry people early on who mentored you and gave you advice and told you what to do, what not to do, things like that. So, um, Tell us a little bit about a couple of those early mentors in, you know, uh, in the early 90s that really helped shape your vision for Perdomo Cigars. Well, I think my biggest mentor was definitely my father who supported me. And, you know, my father ran H-Hub. And I think, I think my second mentor would be my grandfather, Silvio Perdomo, who ran the Partagas factory in Cuba. And his brother was a minister of tobacco in Cuba. I, I would think the other, the third one that was very a big mentor of me was probably Benji Menendez, who's, uh, I still love him. He's, he's such a gentleman who, who ran general and, and cigar company. And who, who was also the, the son of the owner of the H. Hubman factory in Cuba where my father worked. So, um, I would say those three were my, my biggest mentors, but you know, I got to thank a lot of guys like, uh, John Oliva from Tampa, not the Oliva cigar company, but the Oliva tobacco company, his son, Johnny jr who were very instrumental to, uh, to our, to our business. And, and, you know, uh, the one who was the biggest, another big mentor of mine was Sarah Gonzalez, who, who still our master roller today, after 30 years, who worked at H Upman through the sixties, who was, um, like a second mother to me. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was very fortunate that I, I learned from these cigar masters and, um, you know, these are masters that were, were in, in the 40s, 50s, and 60s when Cuba really made, you know, great cigars. And and it was all about passion and pride and really doing the best you could that, that, you, that God could give you to, to make the very best. And, you know, we started even out of our garage. Everything was quality makes quantity. And if you make the very best product, um, your customers are going to come. And it was tough because, you know, I started out with heavy type tobaccos, tobaccos from Nicaragua where, and tobaccos from Honduras, where most people were making more tobaccos from the Dominican Republic and and so on. I wanted to come out with something that was a little more hearty because that's, that's you know, basically what I smoked. And uh, people, when I first started, said, you know, your cigars are too powerful. I said, you know, everybody starts with chicken breast, but eventually goes to steak. Everybody starts with white wine. They eventually go to a red cab and everybody... You know, starts with a, a Miller Lite and eventually goes to a to more of a stout, more of a heavy beer. So eventually, be, people will come to what we have, and it's it's really hit on all cylinders. And we really have to thank not only our our consumers, but also our retailers around the world. Listen, um, you know, I got guys like David Garofalo from Two Guys Smoke Shop, or even one of your your guys who who, who endorse your channel for good reason, to Jeff Borshowitz. 
from Corona Cigars, who I remember when Jeff had his little shop in Ocoee, he was with me from the beginning. And, you know, I really got to thank these guys and all the retailers, not only here in North America, but all around the world who, who support our family from, from something very small to where we are today. And mostly I got to thank the cigar smokers out there and many of them who are watching your show and many of them who are, who are finally here listening to your show and uh, guys who are, who are new to the show. What a great show to, to listen to. And if I can chime in here, uh, Nick, we love to, as Matt talked about earlier, talk about history, talk about the stories. And what a lot of people may not realize is the, the, the rich history, a lot of the turmoil and things that your family has been through. Um, can you talk a little bit about Silvio and what happened after the revolution and from there, coming back to the States in the early 70s, what did that look like for him? And, and what, what do you remember from that time period? Well, Gary, that's a, that's a great question. You know, my grandfather went through, through some tough times, as a lot of people can look through Wikipedia and so on here. My grandfather was a, a political prisoner for 14 years. Um, you know, he was tortured. And my father was shot twice in the stomach under the Castro regime for just supporting America and believing in democracy. And um, it was a tough time for the Perdomo family. But, you know, my father always said, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. And I had such a great example, not only from my father, but also from my my grandfather, Silvio. Um, God, let them both rest in peace. They were they were just great, great examples to me, um, you know, and you know, they had to go through a tough phase to come to America. But one of the great things was is that my family just honored America so much and loved America. I remember a, a popular cigar magazine telling my father, you must bleed Cuban red, white, and blue. And my father said, no, I bleed American red, white, and blue. I remember when I raised my, my hand flag in 1965. Believe me, when Cuba boxes America, I support America and I would kill and go to war for America. And one of the proud things was, is for me to be an American, to be able to serve my country for five years. And um, I think it was one of the proudest days of my father's life when I when I joined the United States military and also mine too. And, uh, you know, one of the great things about being American, forget about where we come from, is, is loving our country so much. And we're extremely patriotic, as most Cubans are, who come to America and assimilate into the culture. And um, we love America. It's funny, our our operation manager, Nelson Cuba, uh, I call him my wags. If you ever see the, the movie Billions, um, the, the head actor there has a guy who really has his six. And Nelson and I have been friends since we were 11 years old, and he has my six all the time outside of my family and my wife. And... Uh, Nelson would go through a wall through me, and, and you want to talk about a guy who was born and bred in Cuba, left when he was eight years old, and loves America so very much. It uh, it makes it so special, and we're just so honored that we can be part of the greatest country in, in the world, and and be called American. So I'm I'm very proud of that, and my family yeah. had to go through a lot for that. So I have a tremendous amount of respect that America opened the doors for the Perdomo family and allowed us to come here and be able to prosper and, and be able to do the things. It's the only country in the world where you could be able to do that. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because we sort of touched on this a little bit um, months ago when we had um, Carlito Fuente on the show and talking about how 
there have been so many families and so many, so much history of, of people's families going through struggles year after year, you know, it's during, during the times of the Cuban revolution and, and, um, even even beyond that, going into countries like Nicaragua and Honduras and Dominican Republic, trying to find a new way and, and settle and then more, you know, different families have setbacks and strife and troubles and hurricanes and fires and, and all, all kinds of things could happen. And we kind of equated it to, you know, the 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 tobacco plant has to struggle, you know, to you know, the soils aren't always you know, uh, it, it's not always going to be a perfect ride, but uh, it kind of liken it to that tobacco plant. And and once once it's all said and done, then something beautiful comes out of it. And mm-hmm. your family's story is really kind of rich in that same kind of uh, struggle that turned into, you know, these these cigars that millions of people can enjoy to reflect, to relax to uh, celebrate, and it's a great thing to be a part of. Um, and part of that is not only the family that came before you, but now the family that's alongside you and, and the next generation. I mean, what, is it, what does it feel like to you? How meaningful is that to have, you know, to have a, a son and your wife and so, so many other people close by you that are sharing in this same adventure? Well, it's, 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 it's heartfelt. It's unbelievably uh, important to me. You know, I have my son, Nicholas, um, you know, you're as good as, as the woman behind you. My wife has always supported me, you know, from the time, look, we were raising, you know, two beautiful children between my son, Nicholas and my daughter, Natalie, which by the way, I'm going to be a grandfather. She and I, so we're, we're super happy to say that. Yeah. So that's a big thing. My father always said, thank you so much. My dad always said, if you knew how much fun grandchildren were, he would have skipped us. So, (laughs) <laughs> we're, we're really excited about it. But, you know, my wife stuck, stuck through me through thick and thin, you know, raising two beautiful children. No, you know, I wasn't, you know, going to a bar. I was actually working and she supported me the whole way. So having the next generation now, having my son, Nicholas, is, a, is our director of sales and, you know, having a company where the average worker has worked for our company for over 20.2 years has been such a blessing having you know, another wags like uh, like Arthur Kemper, our vice president and the great sales team I have here in the United States and and the great sales distrib- distribution team that I have all around the world. We have, you know, over 70 countries that represent Perdomo. It's it's really a dream. And, you know, it's something that you can only see in America where we're, you know, we're selling cigars in Germany, Austria and Switzerland and and countries like Angola and and. And you know uh, Moscow and, and and the Russian market and the Ukraine and and seeing people enjoy what my pride and passion is, which is Perdomo cigars. It's just it's such a blessing, and I I sincerely want to thank you all for that. It's uh, it's it's very touching to me. This is no bullshit. This is just I never dreamed of this. Someone asked me just recently, when did you know you make it? When you made it? And I said, you know, last year. And they said, you've got to be kidding me. I said, no, I was. I was, you know, we have over 5,000 employees just in Nicaragua. We're completely vertically integrated. And, uh, and I was, and I, 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 it's a Saturday and I went to Arthur and I said, you know, I just want to bring two chairs and I, I want to see it. You know, we have over 1.5 million square feet of building space on 14 acres, forgetting the, the, 
over 2,000 acres of land that we grow on. And and I, I went up to my office up to the top and I saw the rollers and I, I looked at Arthur and I said, Arthur, this is this is big, man. And he said, yeah, it is, Nick. And we went to the pre-industry where we do our sorting and selecting because we're completely vertical. We make everything, including our staples. And the reason we do that, not unlike our competitors think to save money, it's because we can control the quality of the product. And, you know, the thing of it is, at my stage of my career, guys, the only thing I care about is the quality of the product that our retailers are confident in selling our products. And it, the, not only the retailers are confident, but the smokers say they never smoked a bad cigar, a bad Perdomo cigar. And to me, that makes my day. And, uh, you know, we started a YouTube channel last year, and and I was just with one of my salesmen, Pete Worth, up in, in the Chicago area. And, and we're working Chicagoland and, and Wisconsin. It was incredible how many people said, you know, Nick, I learned how to cut and light a cigar from you on your YouTube channel. I learned how to do yeah. this. I learned how to do that. And it's it's really touching because people feel the same pride and passion you have, guys. And you guys have a lot of pride and passion in your show and what you guys do. And that's why I respect it so much. Yeah, thank you. And it's, yeah. you know, like you said, it's it's the truth. It's humble. It's humble beginnings, you know, just like you with with, uh, you know, three rollers back in 1992. You know, Garrett and I started in a literally in a garden shed next to my old house with a little recorder sitting on a on an old dusty end table. And, you know, that 125 episodes later, you know, that we're, we we learn every step of the way and we grow. And it's really the same same for you and, and, and your people and your company. Um one of the things that we love to get from from everybody we have on is because the cigar industry, there are a lot of similar things. When you go and visit different cigar factories and different farms in Nicaragua and Dominican Republic, you do see a lot of things that are similar because processes, by and large, do, will look similar in different cigar factories. But there are, also, there are always little things that set factories apart from others. What would you say are the are the one or two things that that really differentiate a Perdomo factory in in look and feel and practice from some other ones? Well, first of all, your show is a lot better than my Apple headsets that keep going out. That's why I keep switching them. But outside <laughs> of that, um, I think vertical integration is the biggest thing. Doing everything from start to finish. The reason I started that in 1999 is I wanted to control my own destiny. And I, I looked at companies like Porsche and I looked at companies like Lexus that really cared about the quality of their products. And I decided, you know, there's an old Italian saying, you buy the clam, but you get the can. And I wanted to be able to give the consumers not only the can, but the great clam inside of it. And I decided in the latter part of, of 1998 that I was going to be completely vertical. And that means that I would be able to develop my own seed with my own genetic department, have my own meteorological department, have my own box company, and be able to do some from start to finish because I would guarantee that I would have every, everything under the umbrella of Perdomo and our family. And it was the greatest thing we ever did. And in reality, it ended up costing us more, but it ended up giving us a better quality product. And I think when Obama came in and hit us with the S-chip tax and we decided we were going to absorb it, I think not only did our consumers appreciate, but so so far our retailers did too. And we give a tremendous amount of bang for our buck because we actually make our own cigars, we make our own boxes, and we really care about the products that we make. And look, in my stage of my career, 
almost in three decades. I was telling my son this recently and a lot of our guys. The only thing I care about, and I've said this earlier today, but it's really the truth. I care that our retailers confident in carrying our products and recommending them because believe it, believe it or not, it's their word. Why do we draw tests to 8,000 cigars a day? Why do we why did we build a system where we can draw a test up to 18 cigars per second? Well, the reason we did that is because we want our consumers happy. Look, we've sold hundreds of millions of cigars. And I want to work for the next generation, not only for my family, but for the families of our workforce. You know, we've had almost 697 people retire from our company. And even with COVID, I've been to every single retirement ceremony. So uh, Hurricane Mitch was a bastard of a hurricane that hit Central America in 1998. And I'm, uh, you know, I was reading about all the things that happened to the Perdomo factories and, and other factories in that area, but uh, Nick's response to that and how they all rallied around uh, these families and uh, people even lost their lives. So I want to hear about <clears throat> that event and how that event shaped how they did things moving forward. So that's kind of what I've got queued up for my next question for Nick. As we know, many of these cigar companies, you guys have gone through a lot of turmoil. You know, the, the, the Fuentes, the Padrones, they, all of these guys have faced fires and famine and, drought and so many things to struggle to get to bringing this this amazing thing to us for us to enjoy to uh sit and it's just it's incredible to see the amount of dedication to a cigar which seems like such a silly thing but you guys this is far from silly this Everything that goes into this beautiful thing has history, has family, has, um, it, it's almost like the beginning of the Princess Bride when the grandfather is talking to uh, young Fred Savage and he's saying it's got fencing and fighting and true love and and kissing. Um, I'm sure there's kissing in, in cigars as well, but uh, really there has been a lot of um amazing history and stories to be told here so i'm excited to hear that story um i'm also excited to tell you guys about the trip that uh, that i'm on and i'm going to be doing a, a little write-up on how about that cigar about some um some of the shops that that we're visiting and doing in, throughout the midwest so be looking forward to uh you know look into to seeing those um just super excited. All right, so how about this? Um, while we're dealing with some of the, uh, the technical difficulties, um, let's run a contest. Let's do um, let's do a giveaway. All right. Okay. Um, so let's have everybody put in your favorite Perdomo cigar in the comments, um, either your favorite or your first Perdomo cigar and, and roughly when that was. And then we will take all of those comments and we'll send you out a, a five pack of 
uh, Perdomos. Yeah, so we'll pick one winner after after all the shows are over. Uh, we'll we'll dig through the, all the comments on Facebook and on YouTube, yep. and we'll uh, we'll randomly pick a winner for uh, for a pack of Perdomo cigars. Curtis, courtesy of how about that cigar and Matt's personal humidor because and Garrett's and Garrett's and we want to make sure that it's clear that these cigars are not being given away by Perdomo because we don't want to get Perdomo in trouble. These cigars are from our personal humidor collections. Yep. So let's try this now. Let's try it. No. All right, Garrett, keep going. All right. So as you guys are uh, continuing to list your uh, either first or your favorite Perdomo cigars, we want to say that we absolutely appreciate and, and love all the support that you guys have given us over these last couple of years. It, it means the world to be at episode 125 and to have you know so many of you guys tuning in to listen. And um, even when we struggle with all these technical difficulties, it, it, it truly means quite a bit. Um, you know, if uh, another thing, if, you know, at the end of each show, Matt always says, you know, send us a message on the, on the website. Um, I want to reiterate that and say, we are always open to suggestion. We are always open to new brands. There's a lot of brands out there, a lot of new brands that we haven't heard about. Um, if there's somebody that you want us to meet with, uh, or talk with, or maybe have on the show, or maybe try their cigar, maybe review their cigar, hit us up. Uh, let us know. We are always open to dialogue and to, uh, cause this show is for you guys and we are just blessed to be along for the ride. And, um, you know, we're, we're grateful to have the, the guests that, that we get on the show and to have so many regulars, um, you know, of our viewers and listeners at, it, it's truly humbling uh, to to be in this. Um, getting a lot of a lot of great uh, the tenth anniversary sun grown. And, uh, look at all these comments of uh, all the Perdomos. So thanks you guys. I'm looking forward to running that contest. And uh, while we continue to try and get Nick back, um, maybe I don't know, Matt. Do you want to do uh no I want to I want to get Nick on to do how about uh to do Numero de los Muertos. Um So, while I'm still riffing, I want to know who has been in the Detroit area and what cigar shops in Detroit have you guys have you guys been to and um, that you like and uh, respect and they've got a good humidor? Um, we, uh, buddy Andrew and I, we hit up Secreto, met with Ronnie. We're gonna hang out with him for a little bit tomorrow. Um, uh, hit hit a few others. We're going down to Toledo on Wednesday, um, and um you know super excited for for the trip that i'm on um and doing so <sighs> riffing should be much better at riffing you guys hear me thank the lord jesus 
I thank him every day. Sorry about that. I don't have my uh, headset, but you guys can hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Perfect. I'm sorry. I don't know where I left off. I apologize to you guys, everybody in the audience. Uh, no, no, it's all good. Technical stuff happens from time to time. It's it's yeah, no man. worries. If Android would make this stuff, it'd be a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably yeah. true. <laughs> but uh, I don't I don't know where I left off. It was it was a great question, but we're completely vertically integrated. And I think that's been the secret to our success. It's helped our retailers around the world. It's helped our consumers, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, um, and I, I agree that that's, I think that's a great thing for any company because, like you said, that means you can, you don't have to be at the mercy of somebody else for boxes and uh, any of this stuff. And there, we have heard because of delays and things like that, a lot of cigar companies are, struggling with things like that because they're not ver vertically integrated. So they've had problems getting product into the States because of that. And uh, it seems like you don't have to worry about that as much. So your retailers and your customers can be c assured that, that for the most part, they're going to have Perdomo cigars available. Garrett, that's a great point. You know, being vertically integrated really helps. And during COVID, where a lot of guys said, hey, listen, I want to cut back and I only want so many boxes and so much this, being vertical. What I did was quite the opposite. Listen, um, you have money in the bank. It doesn't really mean anything, especially today with the with the inflation. So when your money devaluates, I wanted to actually do more. During COVID, we ran full bore. Uh, we made more cigars than we ever had. And we wanted to build inventories for aging and so on. And what happened was... Um, you know, the bean counters, accountants, CFOs, and so on, you know, they don't have, they really don't have as much business acumen as a guy who's been, who actually runs a business. And I've always been accused of growing too much tobacco, making too many cigars, aging too many cigars, having way too much inventory. And I thought that was a win-win for our retailers, for us as a, as, a, as a manufacturer, and mostly to our consumers around the world. And during COVID, our cigar smokers around the world got to smoke Perdomo cigars, and people that couldn't get cigars got to find the delights and what's special and the passion about Perdomo cigars. So, um, you know, we continue making forward, and we continue to move forward, and uh, it was a blessing not only for our customers and our, 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 our employees, but also our retailers and our consumers worldwide. So it was, uh, it was really good that, that we made that decision. As, as a company to continue moving forward and we've been yeah. blessed for it even today we ship about 99.38 percent complete and uh, our retailers around the world are happy we're, we're being able to put food on their tables together with our families too and our consumers are getting a lot of enjoyment out of it yeah that's that's what matters really so there's i there was a there was an interview that you did with cigar aficionado about 20 years ago and one of the things that you mentioned toward the end of the interview was kind of an unanswered question, which, which I, uh, I enjoyed because now we can maybe try to get an answer to this question. So you said in the interview, uh, and hold on one second, I'm just going to mute. Um, so it said, uh, you said in this interview, that you were still searching for that breakout company owned brand that will match the success of the cigar you make for CAO. So did you 
have you achieved that and which Perdomo brands did that? We got cut out. We, um, I'm sorry, technical difficulties again. I, what was the breakout brand for Perdomo was the only thing I heard. I'm sorry, man. So, so no, it's okay. In this interview with Cigar Aficionado, you said that you were still searching for that breakout company-owned brand that would match the success of the cigar that you made for CAO. So have you achieved that? And if so, which Perdomo brand do you think got you there? Well, we've been blessed. You know, we took CEO from a brand that was doing 275,000 cigars when John Oscar was alive, God rest his soul, to almost 3 million cigars. And we've had a brand that we've had, we've been blessed. We've had several brands that have eclipsed that. One is definitely the brand that Garrett smoked in the Perdomo Reserve Champagne that sells in excess of 8 million cigars a year just on that brand alone. But you could also put Perdomo 20th anniversary, Perdomo. Uh, Lock 23, uh, Perdomo Habano. Um, we've had several Perdomo Fresco. We've had several brands that have eclipsed that, and we've been extremely blessed that we've been able to to do that. And again, you know, it sounds like a cliche, but I really got to thank you guys and thank our consumers all around the world for building our, our brands. You know, we're a family-run company, and my mom's 86 years old. She still comes to the office every day. Uh, we open it at eight o'clock, she still comes at seven thirty. I still haven't figured it out, but but she does. And um, you know, I just I you know my dad's mantra was quality will always bring quantity, and uh, I never forgot that. And I think it's it's instilled in every Perdomo employee, including me, as the president of the company. And it's it's been a blessing for all of us. Yeah, that's fantastic. Awesome. We're going to go into a little bit more history, Nick, if uh, you don't mind going down memory lane. No, not at all. So 1998, Hurricane Mitch. Um, it hits. It does a lot of damage. It even takes the lives of some of your factory workers. Could you take us through what, um, not only that event, but what how that made you grow and the things that you did after that and how you, uh, you know, valued your employees and just what did that do for you as a person and as a company? Well, Mitch was a hard lesson for all of us because you can imagine it almost killed my father. We couldn't get food and the Pan American highway was closed down for my father would have to go to Managua to be able to get food, not only for himself, but we were trying to, bring trucks in so we could build, we could get food for our employees. Uh, we actually lost four of our employees during Hurricane Mitch, unfortunately. My dad actually fell in onto a bridge. A lot of people don't know the story. And the um, Nicaragua has kind of a Corps of Engineers for their army. And uh, I'll never forget, a guy came in. My dad said, I want to introduce you to this guy. This guy saved my life. My dad couldn't swim. My dad fell in on a bridge. He had a Toyota Land Cruiser. He kicked the back windshield, got up and got on top of the truck and was drowning. And this guy saved his life. And um, the guy came up to me and asked me if he could give his daughter a job. <laughs> it's touching. Wow. Not only did I give her a job, I said she can be the general manager of the factory as far as I'm concerned. He saved my father's life. Um, yeah. I rewarded him handsomely as he deserved. Um, his daughter still works for me, um, you know, and this happened, you know, many years ago. Um, and my dad did a great job. We ended up um, delivering six containers 
full of the food and medicine to, to save a lot of our workers. And Mitch was a really, really tough thing for us. And it was great for my children. Nicholas and Natalie were actually working the back of the containers, handing out food. And I remember they were crying and they got to see what life's really about and to be noble and to be humble and to see how people really live, not the la la land that we live here in America. As bad as things are today in the last eight to ten months, we're still, believe it or not, the greatest country in the world. And um, people really have to struggle and suffer. And that's one of the great things about being an American. And I'm proud to say that we not only helped a lot of people in Nicaragua, we still continue to. Um, the Nicaragua newspaper just wrote a story about it said we feed over 20,000 families a day and I'm very proud of that because I love Nicaragua. I've been there for 26 years and it's very special. I remember when I first started making cigars in Nicaragua, people laughed at me and said, why do you make cigars in Nicaragua when you consider the imports of Nicaragua? You had Nicaragua down on the ground, you had countries like Mexico, the Canary Islands, even the Bahamas that were importing more cigars. And I remember stating many years ago that Nicaragua would bypass Honduras and everybody laughed at me, you know, it would bypass Honduras. We've had bypass Honduras and the Dominican Republic combined, and it's showing not only how special Nicaragua is for its grounds, but also for its people. So I'm extremely proud that we're one of the pioneers in Nicaragua and what makes Nicaragua so special. And it's really Nicaragua and its people. They're our greatest assets by far. So that yeah. event, that event, did that, did that um, change anything from a, uh, business standpoint or how you um, uh, built anything or um, kind of make you reevaluate um, moving forward? Yeah, well, my father was a general contractor and Doran Mitch, we were blessed that <clears throat> we had built our facility 60 inches above ground level and everybody said, why did you do that? Well, it was because of my dad's construction know-how and during the floods, we had over we had over four years of rain in four days, and we had 48 inches of flooding, yet our workers got to work during Mitch. Our factory was one of was unaffected, even when caskets were, were coming up off the ground. And we not only got to continue our operation, but we also got to continue having our workers work at full time, which of course was great because they were getting full-time salaries where a lot of factories weren't able to do it. And uh, we got to help other people, not only our people, we got to help a lot of people in Nicaragua. We were blessed by God to be able to do that. And our workers suffered very little because of my dad's input and what we did. And um, that a lot of that had to do with us living, being from Miami and dealing with all the hurricanes that we've had to deal with. Even though, you know, the last hurricane really that really affected Miami was was Hurricane Andrew, which was, you know, almost 30 years ago. So we were we were blessed, but my dad had a know-how. And, you know, in 1999, when we, we built what we call the Monstro, the major factory we, we built in Nicaragua, we got to help a lot of our workers, and we got to we got to continue moving forward. So as bad as Hurricane Mitch was to our workforce and to our family, we, we made good out of it, and uh, yeah. we were blessed by God to be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's one of the things that I love about what what your company and and 
and other cigar companies. I mean, people, people you you know because you've been there for so long. But there are there are a lot of people who don't realize that that Esteli, uh, not that long ago, Esteli was just a little, you know, passing through. You know, there was there was a there was a gas station and. Uh, a bodega and that's about it and, and now esteli is really a thriving community and it's because of it's because of the cigar industry and people like you and and your team that that keeps a factory running that keeps people in 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 regular jobs and uh, where where they they wouldn't have had those options otherwise and part of part of what goes into that is and i'm going to kind of tie this in with government regulation that and you said uh, you were interviewed in the hand rolled film about cigars and i love one of the things one of the quotes that you had in this movie is still sticks with me to this day and that you said that as a business owner you're you're you have to deal with the fact that your biggest competitor is your own government and that they that the the bureaucrats don't realize that it's not just affecting people who buy and smoke cigars in the United States, that it affects tens of thousands of people in Central America, hundreds of thousands of people around the world who it's it's their livelihood. It's their it's meals for their kids. And so talk a little bit about the how uh, how vehemently opposed you are to this, these overregulations because of how they affect people in these countries well not only these countries but also our country you talk about hundreds of thousands of americans that are that are being affected by this and listen my my family left a a communist and a socialist regime to be able to have freedom and you know we're not doing anything illegal <clears throat> we're in the cigar industry which is a totally legal industry and to be able to to be able to tax and regulate us to death you know you guys well know that Dick Durbin and his cronies are trying to hit us with a tremendous tax to pay for the superfluous so-called infrastructure bill, which only about 3% of it is going to be anything with infrastructure. And it's really bad when, you're, when your government is your main competitor. I can fight against any of my cigar competitors. Um, I have respect for every single one of them. But with that being said, I also know the quality of our product and and our consumers around the world know too, but it's a big fight because it's hard to fight your government. And um, listen, we've dealt a we've been dealt a real tough time, you know, with the with not the prior administration, but the one beforehand that was attacking us in every way. And this administration here has been a um, a poison to any business, much more you know, much less the cigar business, say the least. So. You know, it was great before because we could just concentrate on making a legal product, which were cigars, and now we have to fight against our government. And, you know, if the air could be regulated or taxed, this administration would do it. And I don't want to get into politics, but um, I just wish that we would be left alone, let us do what we do, and let us enrich the enjoyment of, of cigar smokers and people like you who make a living off uh you know off cigar smoking with your great podcasts i mean you guys do this for love but it's also an, an enrichment for every single one of us and again we're not doing anything illegal we're doing everything because what we love and what we do and um it's really frustrating with the when the federal government 
and a lot of these bureaucrats who never earned a day of life working for a living and never ran a profit loss statement are trying to run budgets and telling us what we should do and what we shouldn't do. As us as Americans, we should fight this so we don't become like countries like Cuba and North Korea. And I really believe that from the bottom of my heart, regardless yeah. of what your political affiliation is. Um, we should be left alone and let us do what we want to do. We're not doing anything illegal. Right. Yeah. And that's that's really the key is it's a legal product. It's a legal activity. It's not, you know, th these are consenting adults doing consenting adult things. And any free society should should leave that alone and 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 think about you know i was talking to somebody locally from minnesota uh and we had him on the show recently with some guys from the premium cigar association talking about state specific regulations and the these people don't understand the the implications of say say a, a state tax increase for instance you know you 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 increase taxes for premium cigars, for instance, to an extremely high rate, which causes people in some states to start buying their cigars from online retailers in states with lower taxes. Therefore, the tax revenue that the state gets, Minnesota, for instance, where we live, the, the tax revenue for Minnesota on premium cigars, therefore, goes down instead of up because although they would get more tax revenue if people were buying the same same number of premium cigars from shops in Minnesota, if they make it unreasonably high, people are going to stop buying cigars from shops in Minnesota. And not only is that going to decrease tax revenue on sales of premium cigars, it's going to close cigar shops, which is going to decrease property tax and business revenue, business tax revenue, and uh, put people out of business and put people out of jobs. They don't see the big picture and they, they, they're they're focused on that 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 catchword that evil word tobacco that they lump us in with with uh, you know big cigarettes and completely miss the big picture. It's it's frustrating, and we encourage as we always have people to get in touch with CRA with with Premium Cigar Association and get involved. And the Cigar Association of America on top of it. Yeah. And it's not just about emailing your senators and congressmen. It's about calling them. And, um, yep. you know, listen, we have a lot of respect for our great retailers in the state of Minnesota that have been dealt a, a, a desperate blow. You know, you guys uh, have that Anam, whatever her name is. She's a poison to any business. Um, be nice if you guys could vote her out, to be honest with you. But it's, it's, a, it's a tough haul. You know, it's not as fun as, as it once was. Because now I'm, you know, going to the Capitol and trying to fight. And what I want to do is what's near and dear to my heart, which is make great cigars and bring the enjoyment. You know, Gary, you brought up a, a point where you bought your first box of cigars and you bought your first box of champagnes when you first smoked. Uh, you know, I was just recently up in, in Wisconsin. The guy came up to me and he said, look, this is the first box of cigars I bought for my son. When he was born, it was a box of Perdomo Reserve Champagne. Well, I want to tell you that I'm going to buy two boxes today, and it's because my son is getting married now. And, I mean, if that doesn't make the hair on your arm stand, nothing will. And, you know, at my, at my, in my tenure of my career, going almost on three decades, um, that's what makes my day. My day is made when guys say, you know, I really enjoyed your cigar, whether it be on our – our YouTube sites or whether it be on our, our website or guys writing into you. I mean, 
that's what I work for. You know, I'm going to be a grandfather. Janine and I are going to be grandparents, and we're working for the next future for for Perdomo and for our for our family and for our children and for our workforce. We're going into sometimes into three generations of uh, Perdomo workers, and we really care about these people. Of course, I mean they're like family to us. It's a, it's a difference between it being a family-run company and a in a corporate-run company. You know, a lot of people say, what's the hardest part of your job? Well, you know, I have a girl that works for me has a brain tumor. Um, I've offered to pay for to pull the tumor out, but they can't get a doctor within 12 months. You know, does that bother me at night when I sleep? Well, you better believe it. You know, I have a, you know, you have workers that have personal problems. You care about that because these are people that brought you to the dance. You know, it's it's tough in the, the federal government, especially these guys like Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, who've never really worked a day in their life and never ran a P&L statement. They have no clue, or unfortunately, they don't really care about what family-run businesses, or any business for that matter, what they have to go through, the risk and the lack of sleep and having having great family members like my wife who supported me when, when I was running a car like a like crazy to be able to to be able to build my business and be able to have a support because I'm not the only one. There's a lot of us. So, um, you know, it's frustrating to say the least. You guys hit the point right on the head. Well, and I'm, I'm going to go on a little soapbox here because I had a doctor's appointment late last week, uh, follow up and, the uh, the nurse is asking me, you know, the the standard questions that that they all ask when you you know do you, you know exercise blah, blah blah you know do you smoke and I say cigars, and she said are are you planning on quitting anytime soon and I said no I'm not, and she said um, may I ask why, and I said well it's uh, it's a hobby of mine and um, I also have a business in cigars and she says oh said, I only ask because I am currently writing a paper on tobacco products in uh, for my RN. And I said, oh, that's fascinating. What, uh, what have you read about cigars? And she said, there's nothing in there about cigars specifically. And I said, don't you find that interesting that you're writing a paper on tobacco products, but you have no information on cigars and i said just google john hopkins and and the the fda um research on cigars and and check that out um i was glad to hear after you know the whole appointment with the doctor and she came back in afterwards she said i found the article thank you i'm going to read it um but these students and all of these people are getting all of this information that it doesn't tell the story about cigars and how they're absolutely different than all other tobacco products. And that's the part, you know, Matt and I are huge on education, educating not only the consumer, but also the non-consumer. I was grateful for that moment. It, at the same time, it angered me that that's what majority of the world thinks. Tobacco is tobacco. And because um, they have it drilled into their heads day in and day out by the media that that all any, anything with the word tobacco in it is evil. 
Well, it, it's funny that you guys say that not to cut you off here. The FDA, yeah. when Obama hit us with the FDA legislation and regulations, you know, a cigarette has tens of thousands of chemicals. And uh, they sent us a booklet about 12 inches thick. And I wrote air cured tobacco, distilled water and fruit pectin. And that's the adhesive that we use to seal the cigar. It's really not a fruit pectin. It's actually poured out of a tree. And the FDA called me and said, where is the rest of the stuff, the acetone, you know, so on and so on. I said, we don't use any of that. Right. And they said, well, we thought cigars were like cigarettes. And I said, well, that's why you work for the FDA. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. My cardiologist is a, is, a, is a big researcher and he smokes quite a few cigars. And uh, he's wrote, written many things in the New England uh a journal of medicine and so on and look my culture 40 percent of, of cubans smoke cigars and if you go to domino park on a street you'll see 98 year old guys smoking big nine inch by 50 cigars and they're alive they smoke cigarettes they would have been dead 20 years ago and a lot of people don't understand that tobacco has a lot of medicinal purposes um the indians have been using it from the time on we use it for cologne uh we use it like i said earlier for medicinal purposes and um the Ebola uh, virus, for example, the guy who flew in from em Emory University, a lot of the thing that saved his life was actual tobacco. And you're going to find out in the future, the government will do as best as can to, to try to cover it. But tobacco, a lot of the varieties of tobacco will actually cure cancer. It's used for pesticides, it's used for insecticides, it's used for cologne, it's used for migraine headaches. Um, there's a lot of attributes to tobacco. Nicotine is used to, to, to stop prostate cancer. I could go on and on and on. And there's a reason why um, we enjoy fine cigars. And uh, I'm not going to get into a whole thing. I could talk to, I could talk hours about it if you really want to know the truth. But um, I enjoy my cigars. It drops my blood pressure. Um, I perform better in a lot of instances, in a lot of different ways after smoking a cigar. And I think if you do everything in, in, in good time, whether it be to have a nice alcohol be alcoholic beverage or a coffee or a great Perdomo cigars, I think you're actually adding to your life. And I really believe that from my heart. If not, my children wouldn't be smoking cigars. My, wouldn't, my wife with the beautiful view I have in front of her wouldn't be smoking cigars. We enjoy them. And in our culture, culture we know that we've had a lot of people. My grandfather smoked 20 cigars a day. He lived till he was 89 years old. His ticker gave out. Aristides Garcia, who's the head of our production, is uh, going to complete his 92nd year of life, 77 years in the cigar business. He smokes about 18 to 20 cigars a day. He's got a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 14-year-old, a 57-year-old, a 66-year-old kid, and that tells you how good cigars are. <laughs> That's all you need to know right there. So... So, Nick, one of the things I read, and I don't know if this is still the case, but I heard that you were a watch guy. That you're really is that? Are you still a watch guy? Yeah, I'm a I'm a huge watch collector. Um, I I I love watches. It's a it's a bad habit. My wife used to complain about it consistently, and then I would buy a watch for me, and I'd buy a watch for her, and then the complaints stopped. So there you go. It's been it's been a habit of mine for about 25 years. I have a a large watch collection. I think most people probably know me as much as cigars as watch. I've been on Watch Time magazine, but it's it's really 
a hobby of mine, and I've always loved watches since I was a little kid. What was, uh, what was the first watch purchase you made that that really felt like a true luxury watch purchase? And then beyond that, what's the? And I know it's hard to pick a favorite, but what's what's one of your favorites in your collection now? Well, it, it's a great question. Uh, the first watch that I received that was really the big thing was a 1969 Rolex Datejust, and it's when I graduated from boot camp in the United States Navy that my mother gave me. I won't sell it for a million dollars. I still have it. And I think the first watch that I bought that really meant a lot to me was uh, my first uh, stainless steel the Rolex uh, dive watch that I bought. And... Um, you know, I'm a big collector. I I have a lot of AP, a lot of Patek Philippe, a lot of Rolex, and uh, I'm wearing a just a Breitling, uh, you know, World Time, you know, watch that I really enjoy. I think they make great cases. Um, yeah, I really enjoy everything, and I always tell watch guys who come to me, I always say, the watch you like is just like the cigar you like. If you like it, you like it. And there's not a right answer or a wrong answer. And whether you go to my YouTube page, you know, a lot of people come up to me and say, well, what do you smoke? I always go, well, what do you like to smoke? You know, uh, I always tell this story. I was in Chicago and 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 I went to this restaurant called the Erie Cafe years ago. And they're famous for their bone and ribeyes. And you guys like bone and ribeyes, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? So you, you order them by the inch. And I remember Diana Silvis was alive back in those days. And I was with three retailers and. The waiter said, we have a special today. And I said, what's that? I really want your bone and rib. I said, well, we have liver and onions. I'll be honest with you. I'd rather chew my elbow off than eat liver and onions. But these guys, all three of them ordered liver and onions. So I had to go through the smell and to try to enjoy my my, my bone and rib. So I remembered that. I learned a lesson from that. I learned that smoking is subjective and taste is subjective. So I know I make something that one of you guys will like, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's my favorite. It has to be good, but everybody has a different taste. So, yeah. you know, as far as watches, it's what you like. Uh, I have a big collection. It's my hobby. Um, you know, the things I like to do is hang around my family, and I like looking at my watches. And uh, <laughs> it's something I, I really enjoy. It's a great question. How many people ask me about it? No, it's, You've done uh, your homework. I have, and, and watches is – it, it's a it's a hobby that we've actually there are a number of cigar guys that are also really into watches. It seems oh, like yeah. those those two hobbies go hand in hand, uh, and it's it's a hobby that I've I've never really gotten into, but I do have I do have one that's really special uh, to me. It's not fancy, it's nice, but it's not super fancy. But it's special to me because uh, I bought it while my wife and I were on our honeymoon back in uh, back in '98. So it's 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 a very special. Uh, watch to me and uh, what is it, it? it's a it's a, uh, a it's a Seiko it's a Casio no it's it's a, it's a Seiko kinetic uh, with the gold band and the gold case it's a great watch the Japanese yeah. make great watches they never fail like their cars you know it's really what you like I one of the proud things I am is is you know I always tried to model my company off really top quality it didn't have to be super high price and I look up to companies like Kimberly Clark who make a great product I look at companies like Lexus that make a great product that you can pay 30 40 percent more and not get the same product 
It's all about the pride and passion of what you do. And if you like it, that's great. Nobody should cut it down. It's what you like. And I have a respect for everybody and what they like. I'm certainly not a watch snob, that's for sure. People come up to me with, with different watches. It could cost 100 to to $100,000. And what's special about it is they like it. Yeah. Does yeah. Janine, uh, does your wife get into watches? Have you ever done like a his and hers? Uh, I do it all the time because I was tired of her complaining about me buying watches. So she has a, she has an incredible collection. But at the end, who's got the incredible collection is Natalie, my daughter, with my my wife's watch collection. Who now is she's a big watch connoisseur, and my son Nicholas has an incredible watch collection. But even my guys back at the office have have some incredible watches because they enjoy them because. Of, of what I love, and we, we talk about it. You know, these guys are like your family. You get to talk about your hobbies, and they get into it too. So it's a great thing. Uh, to me, always a great timepiece was a nice thing. And, you know, a lot of people ask, ask, why do you wear suits all the time when you when you do events? And I always say, you know, my mother taught me two things. She taught me that when you go to church to honor God, you wear a suit. And when you go and you do events to honor your consumers and your retailers, you should wear a suit. And I think it's important. And the reason that I do that is not because I'm closed. I'm just wide open. I put my pants on like anybody else. I do it out of respect for them because I'm old school. You got to remember, I'm a lot older than a lot of you guys. Let me tell you, you guys, you two guys, I got underwear older than you guys. So, you know, I'm old school, you know. <laughs> well, one thing that I have to ask, uh, because we touched on it a little bit already, and we know that that uh, Perdomo Cigars is coming up on a huge milestone, and that's going to be the 30th anniversary. So uh, I've got to imagine that that you've already been working feverishly for probably a few years now on something big for the 30th anniversary. So can we get a just a little touch of a hint about that? Absolutely. We have our new Perdomo 30th. We've actually, and you hit a spot on, not only is this a product, that we worked for a year. We've actually worked on this for several years. We've actually picked our, our fillers and binders and our wrappers. A lot of our consumers have been on our factory tour, got to see our shade grown operation in Esteli, Nicaragua, which we actually dug a farm almost eight feet below our top farm to block all the wind. And a lot of the guys who come on the tour that are going to come on the tour even this year and or next year in February, are going to be able to taste these tobaccos that we're doing. Um, we've had these wrappers, wrapper operations been out for almost five years. The first crop will be put on on the new 30th. And uh, I, believe it or not, I think it's going to be the best cigar we've ever made. I think we should celebrate our third decade. So we're extremely excited about it. We're going into production in October, which will be a month from now. And we're going to release this cigar next year in October. So we have a year of solid aging after the cigar was made. And uh, the first run will be 250,000 cigars, which we'll make by the end of the month of October. So these cigars will actually sit in aging rooms for one year. And I'd love for you guys to be able to try them and get your input. Oh, yeah. We'd be honored. Absolutely, Absolutely honored. It's, I mean, 30 years... 30 years in any business is is a huge accomplishment, but 30 years in the cigar business, considering the fact that everything your family went through before 
you got started in 92 and then everything that you pushed through, you know, from 92 to now, there's, there's a lot of pride that has to come with that. And, um, to be 30 years in and to genuinely be, and I don't, I don't say this, I'm not blowing smoke here. This is genuine that you talk to anybody around the country and our viewers and our listeners know this, that, that it's Perdomo is one of those brands that you're, you're hard pressed to find a brick and mortar shop in the United States that doesn't have at least one or two facings of Perdomo, if not, if not a dozen on the shelf. Uh, and Nick, that's a testament to you, uh, to your family and, um, we look forward to the 30th and congratulate you and your family for that. Thank you so much. You know, it's a credit, a testament to my family and also to the greatest asset that I have outside of my family. It's our great workforce, not only in Nicaragua, but also in Miami and also our great sales team around the United States and our distribution team around the world. Um, from the bottom of my heart, I have to thank every one of them. And finally, I literally have to thank every one of you that supported us. You know, I never thought that anything like this could ever happen to our family. But um, like my late father said, you know, Nikki, you live in the greatest country in the world. If you work hard, you can attain anything you want. And I would venture to say to the young people who are trying to get in business, make sure you have a great team. And even today, where it's so hard to find people to even work today, um, to be able to have the great team that I have, where the average worker has been with us for over 20 years, it's been such a blessing. And it's so great to see young guys like you that are bringing information out to something that I dearly love and that your consumers and, and, your, and your customers love, which is the love of great cigars. So thank you, guys. Absolutely. So, Garrett, do you think it's is it time? Uh, yep. You think it's time? Okay. I think it's time. It is now time for this week's Numero de los Muertos. And as always, guys, you know Numero de los Muertos is brought to us by our friends at Smoke In. Numero de los Muertos, episode 125. Garrett, what do you have for us this week? All right. So to explain this game to everybody, what I do is I give a number. And we play 20 questions in our guests, Matt, and our viewers to try and figure out how these people died. So this is a number that comes from the U.S. only. It is a 15-year average 
um, that ended in 2018 that found 123 people a year die from that. So 124 people? Three. 123 people on average die from this in the U.S. every year? Yes, sir. All right. So, Nick, we're going to play 20 questions with Garrett. We're going to have we're going to fire off yes or no questions. Our viewers can fire off yes or no questions. Uh, Quentin is going to do as he always does and throw off extremely inappropriate answers mm -hmm. in the comments. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we wouldn't have it any other way. Nope. Uh, so, uh, Quentin, just know for everything that you're going to guess. Yeah. Everything Quentin has said already and will say the answer is no. Yep. Um, <laughs> it is uh, not water related. Um, all right. Is it disease related? It is not. Okay. Um, are vehicles involved? Yes. Vehicles are involved. Are they workplace accidents? Yes. Okay. I'm getting warmer. You are. Oh, John in the comments has a good. Is it sports related? No. Not sports related. Um, what do you think, Nick? You got any ideas? No, I'm. I'm just listening. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Vehicles are involved. They're workplace accidents. Got a couple for forklifts. It's not forklifts. Not forklifts. Not vehicle related either, right? It is vehicle related. Okay. And it's not water. No. So it's not, so it's not boats. Not working on a car. Not mail truck. Um... Not snow plows, not pallet jacks. Nope. I did uh, car dropping on you. I did that one for mechanic a while ago. Workplace robots. That would suck. <laughs> that would suck, workplace robots. Although we're probably on the verge of that. Um, Police car accident. That's a, that's a good guess. It's not that. Uh, James says tractor. Is it? That's a good guess. Nope, not tractors. It's not tractors. Okay. Um, Nothing falling. Is it those um, those uh, scissor lifts things that you drive to get up high in a structure to change mm -hmm. light bulbs or do construction? Nope. Uh, it's not a bus driver. Are they wheeled vehicles? Yes. So they're not planes or helicopters. Yep. No tire changing, not trucks backing into people, not jet skis. Is it uh, delivery drivers? No. Uh, not cherry pickers. That's a great guess, though. Cherry it is. I, I want to look that up now. Um, it's not motorcycles or mopeds. And it's workplace. I'm trying to think of vehicles that are used in the workplace. Um, cranes? Is it cranes? It is not cranes. 
Um, what other vehicles are we missing here? So I think we're focusing more on the vehicle type rather than the actual accident itself. So here's a hint. Okay. Vehicles are involved, but it's not the people in the vehicles that are killed. Oh. Is it subways? It is not. Is it trains? It is not. Uh, not cards. Uh, I did window washers a long time ago. Yeah, window washers was already on. Great guess, though. Yep. Um, so work. these are workplace accidents. Is it the construction trades? Yeah. It's, not, it's not forklifts. It's not no. cranes. So, Quentin, you're getting really close. Oh, is it... Uh, is it road construction workers getting hit by traffic? Matt with the win. Yeah, 123 construction workers on the road uh, are killed every year. Wow. That's crazy. 123. Yeah, well, and with all the road construction that I know we see in Minnesota, I'm not shocked. Um, but... Uh, that so when there's road construction settle down people yeah slow down we we say we joke about it in minnesota we have two seasons we have we have winter and we have road construction those are the two seasons in minnesota and it's not it's not far from the truth actually the road construction continues even through the winter in in a lot of cases yep that was a good one so that was this week's Numero de los Muertos. Okay, Nick, so we've got a couple non-cigar-related questions for you. So if you could hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes, who would it be and why? Um... I got a friend of mine named Tom Taglia who's really, really, he's so sharp. I told my wife one time for my birthday, I would like to just listen to him for 10 minutes speak because he has so much common sense. So I would, I would say, I would say Tom Taglia would be one of the guys that I'd like to listen to speak for 10 minutes. I love that. He's just, he's just, a, he's just, he lives in Ogden Dunes, Indiana. He's a great, dear friend of mine, and he's just so smart. I just enjoy hearing him speak. Nice. I love that, the personal personal connection. So, Nick, if you were about to get into a fight, what would your soundtrack music be? Uh, I think Rocky. Yes. Rocky the movie. Rocky one. Yeah, that's, that is... I'd, I'd say that's probably close to, if not Number the one. most popular popular answer absolutely it, fi it fires me up it's a classic absolutely it is. so ch nick choose one of the following you could hit a home run as a starting pitcher you could score a touchdown as a defensive lineman you could score a goal in a hockey game as the goalie or 
score a goal in a soccer game as the goalie? I would say be a score a touchdown as a defensive lineman, which very rarely happens. And uh, I'm more of a football fan than than uh, than certainly a soccer fan or anything else. So I would I would go with that one. Yeah, I love the rare lineman picks up a fumble or grabs a, you know, seeing those big guys running down the field with the ball. It's it's something to see. I love it. I love it. Unlike Jim Marshall from your Vikings, I would go the other way. <laughs> yeah, go run the wrong run the wrong direction down the field. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Score a safety. <laughs> um, it happened. So. One other one that I have to I have to ask: If you could bring back any fashion trend from the past, what would it be? Oh, I would I would say those big collars and three piece suits with the unbutton on the bottom. I think uh, I think that was pretty good. You know, I I like my suits, but uh, yeah, I haven't worn a three piece suit in a long time, and uh, I think that would probably be it. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's uh, let's jump into the uh, let's jump into the notable smokable segment for this week. And guys, you know that notable smokables are brought to us by our friends at Ace Prime. Notable cigars, notable passion, notable purpose. So Nick, each week on the show, we each mention a cigar that we've smoked recently that was notable to us. It could be something that's been on the market for decades that we just revisited for the first time in a long time, or it could be a cigar that's newer to the market that we just tried for the first time ever. Um, and obviously, Perdomo cigars, you're smoking mostly your, your own brand, but do you ever get a chance to go outside of the Perdomo brand and try some stuff? And has there been something recently that's been interesting to you? I mean, I smoke everybody's stuff. I know a lot of cigar manufacturers say they all. I think it's no different than it been a great cook there's a lot of respect i have for a lot of guys out there you know i'm very good friends with adele fernandez from aj fernandez i'm very good friends with with ernesto perez Carrillo. i'm very good friends with carlos fuente and i have a lot of respect for all three of the brands i will tell you that i'm of course i'm a big fan of, of nicaraguan tobacco but those three cigar makers are not only personal friends of mine but just great guys and um listen there's enough food to eat for everybody but uh, I do try everybody's brands, but I do go back to, I'll be honest with you, but I, I do I do enjoy, I know you probably hear, I only smoke my brand and so on, but I do I do smoke a lot of, of brands. you got to remember, I started out of my garage, so I was the real boutique maker. The only thing I don't like today is there's a lot of guys that say they're boutique makers and they actually don't make cigars, they buy cigars and say they're boutique makers. But yeah, there's a lot of guys that I have a lot of respect for, especially those three. Is there something recently that you can think of that you tried that that kind of piqued your interest? Um, I smoked a uh, Davidoff Millennium. It was a little punch punch size. It was like mm -hmm. a little five and five eighths by forty six. I thought it was good till I saw the price tag on the barcode. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was a little crazy, but uh, I thought it was very good. It came from tobacco from a, a farm in Esteli from a good friend of mine, David Perez, who. I buy all my Connecticut seed wrappers from Ecuador. I've been buying from for 28 years. I thought that cigar was very good. So, yeah, I, I mean, I try everything. You know, uh, I just did a YouTube video. And people said, why do you have only your cigars in your humidor? It's because that's what I mostly smoke. But, you know, I, I try everybody's stuff. I think it's important 
you Absolutely. know, if I was, if I thought I was the greatest chef in the world, I'd still like to go to different restaurants and try different yeah. things. You know, well, I know what I do. You know, I barrel age all my wrappers, and I think it makes a, a fine touch on the cigars and different things like that. But I do have mutual respect for my competitors, and if you don't, I, I don't understand it. But that's yeah, and that's, so a great, that's a great question. That's a great analogy that you use. That you know, being a chef and and still still wanting to go out and try the the food from other great chefs. Because it, that's a, I think that's a spot-on analogy, and nobody's used that one before. So I really, I really dig that. That that makes a lot yeah, of sense. It, it, and, and listen, you know, um, I got I, I got great friends in the industry. You know, uh, Eric Newman said something, and it was very touching to me. I remember we you know, we had a back box dilemma years ago, and I said, Eric, if you need any boxes, I'll make them for you. And I have a box factory. My cost is your cost, and. He talks about it all the time, and I, I really don't think it's nothing special. You know, when, when my dad was alive, if a guy needed tobacco, we would lend him the tobacco. Lend him. We wouldn't charge him for it. We'd say, when you when you get tobacco back, we'll, we'll take it. And if we used it, we did it. We didn't, we, we'd store it, use it for a private label or a bundled brand. But, you know, we're in here to help each other, too. And, I mean, you know, God helps those who, who help others. And I believe in karma. My wife always says, you know, if you good if you do good deeds to other, you know God will always bless you back. And I've never been enemies. You know, one of the things when I started in the cigar industry, uh, a lot of the bigger guys wished the worst on me. I never understood that. Why don't you give a young guy a shot? And I think we did as a company. We gave a lot of young guys a shot. Action label who makes the bands. I remember when when he came over to to see me and he said, "Can you give a young guy a shot?" And I said, "I'll give you a shot." Because I was there at that same point, too. So no matter what anybody tries to sell me, whether it's a dumpster or, or cigar bands, I give them time and listen to them because I know how hard it is to sell things. Because, yeah. listen, I washed underwear out of my hotel room like a lot of guys did, and, and I had to save my company. So I have a lot of respect for people that have to work, and arrogance has no meaning in my life. And I think that it's important that you treat everybody with a lot of respect. Yeah, amen to that. Uh, Garrett, what was your notable this week? Mine was the uh, Superfly Connie. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's I haven't had that one in a few months, but I remember liking that cigar. Yeah, no, and I hadn't had it in for a while, and it, man, uh, Valadares, he knows what he's doing. It's a yeah. soft cigar. Yeah, definitely. Um, so my notable this week, I just smoked it yesterday. Um, and it's the 2021 version of the Las Calaveras from Crown Heads. And, you know, the Las Calaveras is, is a cigar that's made specifically. Uh, I mean, it's it's meant to be each year is meant to be a tribute to people that we lost during that year. And this year being the 20th, 20th anniversary of 9-11. And also this this weekend, uh, uh, my family and I celebrate my mom's life uh since we lost her five years ago so this weekend was kind of reflective for me so i sat down yesterday uh just with some music and and relaxed for a while and reflected on my family and my kids and my wife and my mom and and my dad and my brothers and and uh and it's and it was also you know a a a very good cigar uh which never hurts you know in the experience factor but uh uh, that 2020, 2021 version of the Las Calaveras, I think they definitely did a good job with that release. Yep. 
Um, so for our viewers and listeners to give you guys an idea of some cool stuff we have coming up very soon. Uh, so two days from now on Wednesday, the 15th, as a reminder, we're going to be live at Cigars and Baseball. I'll be live at Cigars and Baseball. Uh, and there's going to be some great people there. We're going to talk to some people from Boveda and some other great cigar companies and uh, talk about the Miracle League that uh, Cigars and Baseball supports. Uh, then coming up on the 20th of this month, we have Ben Lee from the Smoking Syndicate, who is part of now the Cigar Coop family of brands. And then on October 4th, we have Pete Johnson from Tatuaje Cigars. On October 11th, uh, we have Justo Eroa from JRE Tobacco. And then to close out October, we have Steve Saka from Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Uh, so, Nick, give our viewers and listeners a final idea. Where's the best place for them to keep up with everything going on with Perdomo Cigars? Well, the first thing would be www.perdomocigars.com, our website. And also, if you can go to Perdomo Cigars for our YouTube uh, you know, you can buy swag. Uh, we, we, we have a little bit of everything. And since you're a baseball fan, I have a good friend of mine, Ron Kittle, who does a, a charity for children. He has a, we made a, a, a cigar for him that comes in home plate. And it's, it's about hitting the roof at Comiskey Park. And it was from Babe Ruth all the way to Ron. And it goes to charity. And if people go to Ron Kittle's uh, Instagram or anything, it's a great charity. It goes to kids, Jerry Reinstorf who's a dear friend of ours who unfortunately just lost his wife. Um, he owns the Chicago Bulls and the White Sox, and all this this money goes to, to charity. And it's, it's a great thing for, for baseball lovers. And, you know, um, I'm blessed. I have good friends of mine in the baseball world, from Jim Tomey all the way to, to Harold Baines and a lot of a lot of the great players. And uh, it's, it's a great charity, and it's not only for cigars, but it's also to help out kids. Nice. I love that. And Jim told me, anytime I Jim, hear Jim Tomey's name, I smile because he was always one yeah, of my Jim's favorites. Jim's a great guy. Made the Hall of Fame together with Harold. And we know Ron could hit that ball anywhere he wanted to. He's a phenomenal guy. And uh, it, it's great to be able to do charities to, to help out people that are less fortunate. And that's that's one of the things that, that Janine and I like to do. We co-chair a lot of charities. We've been blessed by God. And if we can help people, we're, we're all for it. It'd be nice if the government, and especially some of these politicians, would see that some of the most charitable people are people in the cigar industry. Yeah, yeah. Amen to that. Well, Nick, we, we can't thank you enough. We're so grateful and blessed to have you on the show tonight. We're, we thank you for the conversation. We look forward to talking again soon. We look forward to meeting up again soon someday in Miami or somewhere somewhere else in the country and, and sharing a cigar. We, 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 we'd love to get you guys coming down on our factory tour in Nicaragua. Uh, you guys do a phenomenal job. I hope the Perdomo Army supports you guys. Um, it, it's a phenomenal show, and thank you so much for having me on. I really, really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Sorry thank about you the technical so much. difficulties. But no, it's all good. It's no, it's all it's all part of it, and and we we appreciate you being on. Uh, say thank you to your family and your whole team for us, uh, and stay stay with us in the green room uh, just for a couple minutes after we go off the air. So for our viewers and listeners, guys, we thank you so so much for being the best part of how about that cigar. As always, if you guys have questions for Garrett or myself, you can email us directly on the website howaboutthatcigar.com. Don't forget about the new swag store; you can find it on there and pick up T-shirts and all that good stuff. 
As always, follow us on all social media at HBT Cigar. And until we see you guys next time, burn cigars, not bridges. See you guys. Thank you.